This is exactly right. Hello. We want to take a second to tell you about one of our favorite podcasts, Disgraceland. If you like music, pop culture, and true crime, this is the podcast for you. Through host Jake Brennan's deeply researched storytelling, you'll hear all about the lives and crimes of musicians like Jerry Lee Lewis, Jay-Z, The Rolling Stones, and so many more. And now Disgraceland is expanding to include artists, actors, athletes, and other icons from Anthony Bourdain to Andy Warhol. Full episodes are released every Tuesday. Check out Disgraceland on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. Goodbye. It's a little too loud. It was a little bit too loud. <laughs> this is bananas. I'm so glad you guys uh, didn't go to the marches and came here instead. Thank you. Hey, um, it's pretty cool that we decided to do our live first huge live LA show um, the same day that the revolution started. Am I right? Yeah. Like, wait, where the fuck am yeah, I? Yeah, get, wake up, Dad. See you. It started. <laughs> Fucking see you. Uh, Madonna said, fuck on CNN. Fuck? It started. You know, that's been the cue that we've all been waiting for this whole time. Man. That's my Madonna. That's the Madonna <laughs> I remember. Oh, what if, like, the actual Madonna, like, the Jesus's mommy Madonna was like, fuck. <laughs> fuck like, you. Yeah, Whoops. That sucks. Uh, that's Karen, and that's Georgia. Thank you. Hi. And we're My Favorite Murder. Stupid. That's stupid. <laughs> Let's never do that again. Well, we never introduce ourselves. I know, we never say we're My Favorite Murder. That's super lame. Uh, um, okay, I'm gonna yeah, fall. This like, there's a weird... Let's move this over. Let's go ahead and just take five minutes to make this our own So thank you guys so much. Whoa, whoa, whoa. All right, here we go. Let's do a... Okay. I guess... (laughs) Tell me. I guess of all the signs I saw today, the one I saw that I love the best was the one with a picture of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Did you see that one? No. Where it was like... All you fives better listen when a 10 is talking. Oh! Yeah. God. That's right. Fuck, dude. There's a new rating system, and I couldn't be happier. Holy shit. There, there were a lot of good signs today. I think one of being, like, a guy was holding up a sign that was just like, I have nothing to say because I'm sick of hearing men talk. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> So 
many tweets and responses. Oh, call and response, but so it's many it's things. Oh, How you man. feeling, Karen? I don't. Let's get deep. Okay, look. Here's the truth. This is the dress I wore to the New York live show. Some oh. of you may recognize it. I didn't know. Yeah, I have to tell on myself. I pay attention to myself. Oh. I, might have, I actually might have worn this something, and I just don't remember. Well, let's why don't you take a stand up and let's take a look at it. No. Oh, do a walk. Let's both do no, a walk. No, it's no, fun. No. Just walk it out. No. Okay, I will because look. <laughs> look. Okay. The only reason I'm doing this is because. If my sister saw the shoes I was wearing with this dress, she would be so <laughs> livid at me. She's always like, take the time. Buy a $250 shoe. You no! deserve it. What the fuck is wrong with it? Let's, let's like onesie twosies pass okay. each other. One, two, three, four. Three, two, two. My sister's actually... Better uh, fives better time. listen when these tens are talking. And by that, I mean the size of my shoe. That's right. I bought a size too big at Target because they didn't have nines. I mean, sometimes you just gotta... My feet are broken because when I was younger, I was like, size six looks cuter than size seven. Ooh. I know. So That's I downright ancient Chinese of you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, my actual real-life sister is here. <gasps> no, don't. No, fuck yeah. her. Let's get a spotlight on her. She a Barbie at my head. That's right. Lee, you mother... No, Lee. Hey. <laughs> she made you who you are today. She did. A broken human being. No. <laughs> Lee, I love you. You're the best. Here we go. Let's do, you're the best kid I've ever met in my life. Uh, <clears throat> well, I do have a present for you. Okay, why? Um, I... <laughs> You can't keep sneaking presents at me. I certainly can. This one is the best because if the last episode we talked about, I talked about going to see Golden Girls Live, which is the best show ever. Yes. That's right. Let's cheer for everything. Um, <laughs> Casitas, Del Campo, Drew Joji, Jackie yeah. Beach, Sherry Vine, Sam Pancake. Casitas Del Campo. Everyone after the party, after party, go there. Yeah, it'll be the after after party. They're yeah. closed. We'll stand around in the parking lot. Um, but so I told Georgia that at the end of the last podcast, and then she told me about the mug they make, um, and it is a mug that has the cast of the Golden Girls live on it. So it's all those guys dressed up like their characters in the Golden Girls. And on the other side of the mug, one side is that picture, and the other side it says, "Thank you for being a cunt." <laughs> and you did not. Well, here's the thing. So. Georgia was like, I, she told me about that mug, but I had already bought her no! the mug at that live show, but then had second thoughts because I was like, wait, is she gonna think I'm passively, aggressively calling her a cunt? Like, oh, here, thanks for being a cunt. No, I don't, I don't think that deeply. I'm okay, just good, like, then hey. here, thanks for being a cunt. Yeah, 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 yes. What if I just went, yeah, smashed it? Oh it's my fucking, god! It's anarchy tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I, I am, am a cunt, and I'm proud of it. Yeah, me too. It's fun. Oh, how do you feel about um, people who bring their babies to protests? I don't give a shit about right. anything. Right. The world is right. about to blow up. You can fucking bring a dead body to a protest. <laughs> just show up. Show up. Love it. Love it. 
Sorry, that was a strong reaction. Love I haven't, it, live it. I haven't had any protein in a couple hours. <laughs> I'm about to go off. I'm doing this. Yeah, girl. And it and might have friends. dust in it. I don't care. <laughs> no, because I actually, in thinking I, w- I shouldn't give it to you, I ran it through the washing machine. <laughs> I mean, the dishwasher. The dishwasher. Oh, God. Really? That's so thoughtful. Oh, because you were going to keep it. Not I was going to keep it. I was going to keep it. Great. Thank you. I was going to keep it and then imagine my chills when you were like, they have this mug? Oh. And I was like, what? <laughs> we were, A fake what? It oh. Was, oh, that sounds so weird. <laughs> well, thank you. That's so kind of you. You're welcome. We uh, were going to, Karen was like, let's bring signs out. And I was like, what kind of signs? And then like, we have this um, giant Elvis head that we were given at the Chicago thing. That's Jay right. Graves, what's up? And I, I thought we should say... You be quiet. <laughs> I thought, I think I was like, well, what if we write, uh, um, keep your hands off my cookies? Because that would be funny. But I didn't, I didn't do it. Because <laughs> I needed a nap. That's right. Yeah. You know, some people are dedicated and they craft and they glue and glitter. And then some people got to sleep. Some people, some people tell a friend who's having a meetup before they go to the um, protest... Uh, some people tell them that they're going to show up and they can't go to the protest because of anxiety, but they'll drive everyone to the train station and then some people can't wake up before 7.30 and then don't do that and then just promise they'll take them to lunch next week. How many people were involved in this? Not me. Because there's, were you all of them in that one? Uh-huh. Okay. So awesome. I'm going to lunch alone next week. <laughs> Should we start? Sure. It feels like we should. Don't you feel like listening to a couple... Don't you feel like listening to a couple stories of... Thank all of you for being a friend. Right. That's a, that's for sure. Do you, what, who's... Travel down the road and back again? No, who's, not, who's first? Oh, oh. <laughs> Is Karen? it me? Okay, oh, thank all right, you. here we go. Hey, oh, I gotta chill the fuck out. <laughs> Guys, I, um... I mean, seriously. Refuse. What? Don't care. Um, (laughs) My ship's here. (laughs) I've got to go. Oh, well. Ahoy. (laughs) Okay. So... I decided because we're downtown and it's such a rich and uh, storied past that this city has and we're in it, we're sitting in it right now, um, that I would do an old uh, downtown, old-timey murder. Yes. And, right? Why not? So uh, I decided to do the murder uh, of the L.A. Ripper. Ever heard of that guy? No! (laughs) They're all his grandchildren. They're like, how dare you? speak of my grandpappy that way. Okay. Oh yeah, tell me everything. Okay. This was a guy named Otto Wilson. Uh, he was born in Shelbyville, Indiana. Uh, graduated from high school in 1930. He moved to Indianapolis. He served in the Navy in 1941. And then he was given a medical discharge after his wife complained to the San Diego Naval Authorities about his unnatural impulses. Oh, that's all it takes. Ben. He wants to touch my butt. Yeah. Like, Don't touch your butt. But what does he want to touch your butt with that oh. makes it feel so unnatural? Like children. <laughs> Am I wrong? <laughs> it's 
stop it. <laughs> Don't. Um, well, it turns out that before she left him, ultimately, and I guess after she made that complaint, uh, he had cut her butt with a razor. I wasn't wrong. You were uh, right. No, it's kind of wrong. No, no, you're right. Her butt. Your razors and children are very similar. <laughs> um, they both fucking, I don't know. So, so there is a quote in this article I stole. I just, it was straight up like right. cut and paste plagiarism from two things that I then forgot to take the actual names of the people who wrote these articles. And that's my favorite murder. <laughs> uh, so there's some, there's some very flowery language that is not my own. I'll, f- I'll find it and say it later <laughs> with an apology and it'll be boring. Uh, <laughs> But this was one of the sentences that I love that I cut and paste onto here. In the orphanage, in the Navy, in his last months of drifting, women had always subtly domineered over him. I'm sorry, but like, fucking let it happen, bro. (laughs) (laughs) What's the problem with that? Get into being domineered over. We know our shit. Chill the fuck out, you know? I mean, it's kind of hot to be domineered over sometimes. He probably sucked at fucking. She was in the ship. Was like, can you touch me in my like normal area? And he was like, domineering. Nope. Undo the razor. Turn around. Yeah. Fuck you, man. Um. So. It all kind of, he was on a bender, his wife left him, things were bad for several years. Um, he, on November, November 15th, 1944, he had been on, uh, he had been on a two-day bender at that point, um, and at some point in that time, he had bought himself a butcher knife. Fun. Oh. So what, did he just go into, like, Macy's or something, <laughs> kind of drunk? You know how yeah. you do with hot dogs at Pink's, but with a butcher knife? You don't even need a license anymore to get a butcher knife. That's right. You, know you know just I mean? fucking get them willy-nilly. Yeah, you can fucking register for one at a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. we've both done that. That's right. <laughs> so he was at a bar, and he met a woman named Virginia Lee Griffin. It was um, on Main Street. Yes, dangerously close right to where we are now, but quite a, quite a long time ago. Uh, she told him her name was Virgie, and she's described as a big young woman with lipstick smeared too heavily on her lips. Oh, fucking asshole. I mean, sounds familiar, though. I'm into it. <laughs> hey, hi. Um, she was married, but her husband was away, and she liked a good time. <laughs> Who doesn't? Um... <laughs> So they drank together, and then they decided to go somewhere more private. And he very gallantly held her arm as they crossed the street in the rain. This, uh, like, like this. <laughs> not like sweetly. All nails. Yeah. He has really weirdly long nails. Oh. oh. Uh, what if it's the guy from the Guinness Book of World Records with oh. the longest nails ever? And he's like, do you want to go somewhere more private? No. No. Um, which I don't know what we're talking about anymore. Um, Here we go. So they went to the old Barclay Hotel, which I, at that time I think was relatively new. <laughs> um, <laughs> it wasn't called that. Uh, I, hate to, I hate to shit on someone else's writing that I'm stealing, but I, I think it was pretty new back then. Um, so apparently they say that she was overheard as saying when she walked in, and, and this is the way it's written, so I'm going to do a little voice for it. Please. If you don't mind. Always don't mind. Here's the quote. <clears throat> and don't clap or then I won't want to do it. Haven't you? <laughs> don't you know me yet? 
so she looked up unsteadily as they walked into the hotel and she said, I got my horoscope told. Wednesday's my lucky day. Oh, honey, Virgie. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Also, I'm going to get moited today. <laughs> Am I wrong? I mean, no, I think you're dead on. And that's uh, <laughs> how you know that um, astrology isn't real. I mean, because <laughs> if this doesn't prove it, I don't know what else you need. So they registered as Mr. and Mrs. O.S. Wilson of Steubenville, Indiana. And after they'd been in the room, they had a couple drinks from a bottle of whiskey he brought. She demanded more money from him. So the funny part at that point is that they hadn't really mentioned that she had gotten money before that. So she was a sex worker. Um, Hey. Or a married lady that liked to have fun. Maybe that's the way they said it back like, then. Fair enough, dude. I mean, whatever. Uh, Get yours. So what he said to the cops was, somehow I got sore. I socked her, and then I cut her. I was going to dismember her body and get rid of it, but I found that I couldn't do it, so I left. Oh, what a gentleman. Um, <laughs> what a fucking asshole. Uh, <laughs> I got sore. I socked her. I mean, that, that's how you know so it's he, not from now. So he... <laughs> LOL. So he punched her in the face so hard that he killed her, right? No, what? what? No, you what? <laughs> Go. You, no, I, I was listening. <laughs> and now that's a better story. No, no. Okay. No, he was mad that she was, like, basically being kind of greedy and, like, mm-hmm. nah, you know. And he, what he d- would do was strangle them oh, and they would, like, pass out and then he would cut them and kill them. I get that. So when he left the hotel room, he gave the maid a dollar and he told her not to disturb his wife. Um, and then uh, later on, of course, they found uh, the body, and it was sprawled on the bed, and she had been slashed, her body had been slashed open from her throat to her vagina, <gasps> and her entrails were pulled out. <gasps> Ew! Uh, it gets worse if you want to try to really orchestrate the reactions and kind of tighten it up and get there's it, get it no, all together. There's no orchestra. Though, so <laughs> uh, her breasts had been cut off. And an arm and a leg, they were partly hey. severed. And the murder re- weapon, a razor-sharp carving knife, lay near the body. Fuck. Man, that guy was like halfway through and he's like, I can't fucking do it. He's like, I can't do it anymore. I fucking, I'm tired. I'm tired. How many times have we said, leave the eyes and the boobies alone? They won't listen. So he leaves the hotel after uh, that fucking carnage and he goes to the million dollar theater to see Boris Karloff in The Walking Dead. I don't know. It's just fun to make some references. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I'm pointing at everyone. Yeah, I'm just you know, you you love that movie and place oh, and thing. Fucking sickos. Um, so when the movie was done, he went to another bar, and he went and met a woman named Lillian Johnson. Uh huh. And he took her to the Joyce Hotel where they registered as Mr. and Mrs. O.S. Watson. Same Stop day. Stop it. What Same an idiot, day. Though. Um, so 
he realized uh, he it was the same situation where he gets into the room and then he told the cops like uh, I don't know I just got mad I just got mad and I, I hit her um, and but of course she was found in the exact same condition that Virgie was found in uh, and but well but apparently while um, he he beat her up and then he realized that he had left his knife at the other hotel. Oh my God. So he whoopsies. He shaved and then and she was like uh, unconscious on the floor. He shaves and then he takes the uh, straight razor that he just <gasps> used to shave and and kills her and oh, starts dude. to cut her up. No. Um, then on the way out. Of this hotel, he stops by the desk clerk and says, my wife is sleeping, please don't disturb her. Um, Code for, I just murdered my, this chick I just this, met. My, yeah. Uh, so witnesses from both hotels gave the cops similar descriptions. Um, they took that information, they created a dragnet all around where we are right now. Um, and one cop is in a bar, and he sees a man matching Otto's description um, in a booth in deep conversation with a brunette in a tight red dress. Oh, honey! So run. he was he, he was gonna do it again. Dude. He was he was uh, he had lit his cigarette with a matchbook, and the matchbook said. <gasps> the Barclay Hotel and his hands had blood on them <gasps> the and the fuck? cop was like excuse me I'd love to speak with you for give a it, second give it a week like chill the f- he, he can't Jesus. he simply has no okay. chill okay um <laughs> So they bring him in. He immediately confesses to both killings. He admits his compulsion toward bloodlust. Um, and he told his pol- the police that his, um, his first wife left him because it would creep up on her when she was naked and slash at her buttocks with a razor. What the fucking fuck? I mean... Uh, That's not cool. Uh, like one time you're like, goodbye. Like, what the fuck? Well, one time you're like, was that a mistake? <laughs> Tell me now if it was a mistake. Listen, anytime you need stitches because of your fucking husband, it's time to get the fuck out of there. <laughs> Am I wrong? Unless. Unless. <laughs> um, <laughs> but here's the super gross part. He uh, told the cops that his favorite pastime was kissing and licking the blood away while he apologized for his odd behavior. Ew. Ew. There's uh, so many other pastimes, like there's sailboarding and... Yeah. You know how great, like, naps are? Yeah, naps, raccoons. Anything. <laughs> look, Anything. Up a, look up, like, raccoons in the encyclopedia. Raccoons are, like, amazing They animals. wash their own food with their little hands. Oh, my God. Uh, video, YouTube videos of ravens talking. No, uh, they can talk. They talk better than parrots. Yes. It's crazy, and no one Nobody talks about it. it. No one knows. Everyone here is like, why don't you know? Like, it's true. It is so true. Anyhow, look, I'm going to wrap it up by saying that Dr. Victor Parkin, the defense psychiatrist and a member of the Los Angeles Lunacy Commission. Oh, that's a thing. (laughs) That's going to be a thing again. We got to bring it back, you guys. That's the next march. Um... This man testified that uh, that Otto was in a semi-automatic state and he had no feeling... An automatic state. Oh, come on. Way up top on that one. <laughs> so fast. No. So fast so at terrible. those. Thank it's you. It's good. Thank you. Um, uh, he was in a dreamlike state. He didn't uh, realize he was butchering a fellow Aww. human. I disagree. Poor baby. Um, and... 
Uh, basically, they said he was crazy. And so then, uh, Otto, Steve Wilson. <laughs> I didn't notice that before. Steve. Otto Steve Wilson uh, was executed in the gas chamber of San Quentin in pri- prison in September of 1946. And it says right here, but his son, Otto Steve Ray Morris Jr. Oh, my God. Is still alive today. Fuck. I, I noticed that Stephen would often scrape up against my butt with sharp things. <laughs> Enough of that. Okay, that was awesome. Thanks, I appreciate it. Guys, I didn't write it. I just read it and interpreted it. Thank you. <laughs> okay, mine is also vintage. Nice. Because there's a lot of sad crimes today, but not a lot of cool ones, man. Yeah. It's just like a bunch of shitty shit. All right. <clears throat> so. <laughs> Excuse me. That wasn't real. Okay. Do you want some Diet Coke? No, thank you. Uh, Greystone Mansion. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong? Also known as the Dahini, <laughs> Dohini murders. Am I Four wrong? people. I'm not wrong. This you just really... said Doheny Mansion, am I wrong? <laughs> <laughs> never. Because three people were like, yes. Yes. And, the, and I was asking them, am I, am I wrong? No, you're never okay. wrong. So uh, do, the, Doheny, the, Grayson, the Greystone Mansion is a 55-room uh, mansion in Beverly Hills. It's built in 1928. At the time, it cost over $4 million to build and was the most expensive home in California. Whoa. And it was also known as the Doheny Mansion because it was a gift from the oil tycoon Edward Doheny to his fucking kind of shitty son, Ned. <laughs> What's Ned? Why are you talking Ned? Like, Ned, all right, Ned might not be shitty, but okay. You know what I'm saying? Uh, if, if he's a Doheny, let's not be rude to Ned. He'll Ned, end us. Ned is a... Mm, here we go. Oh. Uh, oh, this is about Ned? Yeah. Oh, shit. I spoke too soon. I'm no, no, sorry. No, you don't know. So, Edward Doheny, uh, the older dude, comes from a poor Irish immigrant background. Do not point at me. No, I was like... <laughs> <laughs> remember, remember that? It was only two generations ago. <laughs> you did that. I did it. Um, da, 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 da. Okay, so in, in, in Edward's late, like in the late 30s, which gives me hope with my life, uh, <laughs> he becomes, a, he was super poor, and then he like becomes a, a California oil tycoon. It, he drills. You can do it. I could fucking do that, yes. right? Like, There's oil everywhere. You can find it. Get in there? Yeah. Um, so he, you know, you know on like La Cienega when you're on the, your way to the airport and there are those like old dinosaurs, yep. like oil sure things? Did. Like he's the guy who fucking found those. Oh, the LA Confidential yes. ones? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And like uh, the tar pits, like that's all, dude, that's all him, dude. He made tar pits? <laughs> he fucking made the tar pits. <laughs> he sunk those dinosaur bones in uh, there? Huh? So he becomes the first successful oil well guy, and like, um, there will be blood. It's like this, basically him. Okay. Uh, and he makes a fucking fortune, and then he eventually owns one of the largest oil companies in the world. And this is the 1920s, where everything was cool. <laughs> so his son Ned is living off the money and like, you know, pretending to be a businessman. And then in 1913, I think he's in his late teens, early 20s, he meets a man named Hugh Plunkett. And don't fucking let me. And then, at the time, Hugh is working at a gas station near the house, owned by, like, friends. And Hugh and Ned become good friends. And Hugh starts working for the Doheny family and eventually becomes Ned's personal secretary. Uh Uh-huh. 
uh, and he travels with him on business, and they're like fucking tight as shit. Okay. No, I get it. Ned rolled up to the gas station one day. He's like, see that gas? My dad made that. Wash my windows. (laughs) Uh, According to a family friend, their relationship was more than that of friends. And another said that they were like brothers. Mm -hmm. Brothers that made out all the time. (laughs) Fair enough. So in November 1921, the two of them check into a suite in this fucking place, and then Ned takes out $100,000, which is about $10 million in today's money, which I fucking love hearing. The, oh, everyone gasped. That, People love money. $10 million. Like, that's... like it's a we, lot. We could, like, we could, like, retire for five years off of that. <laughs> uh, da, 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 da. Okay, so Ned takes it out of his bank account, and then he and Hugh go to D.C. They meet with this dude who's the secretary of the, of the interior for the hiring administration, and then Albert Fall, and, and then he, and the guy. So this dude, Albert Fall, is a friend of the older dude, Doheny, and they hand him the money, and in return... Paul gives them a promissory note, and then uh, fucking, <laughs> I slept through history, <laughs> literally, uh. and fucking was on drugs. Okay, so basically, there's some kind of an oily business deal going down. You guys remember the words teapot dome scandal? This is it. I don't fucking know. Uh, okay, something happens. That fall, like Fall gives Doheny a bunch of shit and a bunch of oil stuff in, tra- in exchange for the hundred bucks. So it's like super shady and shit. <laughs> and then, um, so Albert Fall is eventually charged with conspiracy to defraud the United States as part of the Teapot Dome scandal. That's not a problem anymore, apparently. No. Give everyone money and get fuck yourself. Uh, the hearing, Ned, so Ned, the, the son, has to testify against his pops, and he says that, you know, he's like, no, we didn't do anything wrong, and uh, Ned and Hugh, his fucking boyfriend, boyfriend uh, they're implicated, and da 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 they, okay, so at the end, the dad gets acquitted, kind of, and so as Ned's loyalty, he builds him the Greystone Manor. Okay. Big oh, fuck. shit. All right. I forgot about Remember that, that part. That, Go back yes, we're back. That. We're back in at the Greystone Manor. Remember that biggest house you've ever heard of in your life? Can I just tell you really Please. quick? Yes. I, I went and saw a play done in the Greystone Manor. No, you didn't. Yes, where you walk around, the play is you happening. You went to the Greystone Manor? Yeah, 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 because they do a thing. I think maybe it's for Christmas or something, but you walk around like you're at this party, and then the actors are around you. I hate shit like that. That so much. I think it's so embarrassing to be that Hello. close to like an actor. Hello, They're my like, lady. Oh, like I have a vest on. I was like, oh, yourself. don't look at me. But anyway, yeah. But it, the house itself was lovely. That's amazing. <laughs> no, that's fucking awesome. Okay, all right. Okay. Then Karen Kilgariff was there. Yes, finally. Part of it. <laughs> um, okay, so Hugh starts going fucking crazy at this point because he's like, I have to, I'm just like a poor dude and I have to fucking testify against maybe my lover and his pops. And uh, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so on February 16th, 1929, Hugh, this is the gas station dude. He lets himself into the main house because um, he had a key and he used to hang out in this like room, some, like it was his bedroom sometimes. I'm going to belch really soon. Do it. 
Okay. Uh, so, so Ned and Hugh, they meet in this guest bedroom, and Hugh's flipping the fuck out, apparently. And then around 11 o'clock, Lucy, the wife of Ned, who's like a fucking staunch Catholic, hears a shot while she's in the living room reading magazines. And who does she call to be like, I heard a shot? The police? No. Nope. They the never doctor, do. the family doctor. Oh. Who are you going to say? Batman. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, no, I just say, rich Not, people never call the cops. No, yeah. call the fucking doctor. Call your lawyer, you can, you call your... Anyone. And there's so many people. The thing is, help me. An uncle... I'm not going to name people, sorry. Uh, so he arrived. Okay, so the doctor says to the cops that he hears Hugh yelling at them from this like place not to come into the room, and there's the second shot, and when the doctor goes in, uh, he finds both men, and the whole their whole story is that Ned had been shot by Hugh, and Hugh had shot himself, like a oh. murder-suicide. Mm-hmm. And then I wrote, suspicious shit. <laughs> <laughs> I really, it's right there. Uh, <laughs> so, okay, here's some suspicious shit. Ned's gun, the fucking Doheny dude's gun, was the murder weapon. Super weird, right? Um, and before the police were called, the bodies had been moved from their original position. And the body, and the police weren't called until 2 a.m. Mm. So the first shot is at 11 p.m. And the fucking cops are called at 2 a.m. So they were moving stuff around. They were Well, yeah, the fucking bodies were moved. Yeah. And the detective, and so what it looked like is that that uh, Ned was shot by Doheny in the head, and then Doheny, who had a, like a lit cigarette in his hand, had like landed on the gun after killing himself. Suspicious shit, right? Okay, yeah. But uh, the police, uh, there were powder burns on the hole in Doheny's head, which means the gun had been less than three inches away from his head when he killed himself. Um, which usually points to suicide, and there was no powder burns on Hugh, which every fucking person here has ever watching a fucking Discovery ID thing knows that, like, you check for powder burns. Yeah. And that's who shoots the fucking gun. There weren't any. Uh, okay, but within hours, the DA's office holds a press conference, and like, no, oh, this is a murder-suicide, and, like, this poor person killed this rich person, and, like, closed the fucking case, no autopsies, nothing, which is, like, you're in charge of the media at that point. Okay, so here are some theories. <clears throat> One was that it was a murder-suicide, um, but that Ned and Hugh had been together, f- and uh, that Ned and Hugh had been called to testify on the bribery trials, uh, but that Ned had been assured immunity, and Hugh had not, and he felt betrayed, which is true. Ned was assured immunity against his father. He was not. They were throwing him under the bus. Yeah, they were going to make the poor guy take right, the fall. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck this dude. For Albert Fall, which right. is like, oh yeah. The other was that Ned and Hugh were lovers, okay, um, and that they had a fight, and that Lucy caught them. the The wife of uh, Ned caught them and killed them herself, which oh, is yeah. why she shouldn't call the cops immediately. And what supports either the, of the lover that they were lover stories and that they killed each other in a lover's quarrel is that. Uh, they were both buried in, Fer- in Forest Lawn, which is a secular cemetery, but the Doheny family were devout Catholics. And you, you, don't, you can't bury someone in a Catholic cemetery if they killed themselves. Oh, wrong? yeah, that's right, because suicide is a, uh, uh, what do you call it, number one sin. Yes, uh, like a number... Cardinal, venial, Catholicness, who went there? Baruch Okay, so. 
<laughs> okay, or that they were lovers and everyone knew it. And so they were buried like within a few feet of each other mm. in this secular fucking place. All right. <laughs> um, da, 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 da. Okay, and so they were buried together and close by, and so no one really knows what, why they killed each other or who killed who and why but it seems very suspicious. And also, because of the sympathy that they had for Doheny having his son being killed, his investigation was basically called off, which makes everyone think that maybe the senior Doheny fucking killed both of them. Oh, whoa. To get them to shut the fuck up. Because he was getting off? Yeah. Because wow. he got off because of his kid getting murdered. So basically anybody in that family could have murdered them. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. And then Christmas was fun, I bet, at their house. <laughs> okay. Uh, da, da, da. So now it's a city park now, and so everyone lets me there tomorrow. <laughs> you can go there now and just have tours and just chill and have a fucking picnic. It's pretty ama- It's an amazing house. It's supposedly it's pretty cool. beautiful, but I, it's also supposed to be haunted. I hope so. Yeah. If all that like, happened. Dude. Yeah. All right, nice one. Hey, look, those are our murders. Thanks. Is that it? Are we done? Well, we now have some special guests to bring out because, as you know, yes, it's very exciting. Uh, This is the portion of our show that we normally do uh, hometown murders, and so we thought it would be fun to have our two friends, our our brother podcast, you might want to say, from the dollop, Dave Anthony and Gary Reynolds. Okay. Yeah, that's you nice. get that, and you get that. Really take the stage. Okay. Thank you. So Ned and who's the other guy? What? Oh, Hugh. Hugh. They were totally, they were totally fucking because someone came in and saw him fucking, and then they weren't fucking. They, they were killed him, and then they put their clothes on and moved them around. Yes, you forgot sure. about that. They uh, moved them around. They sure. put their clothes the on. After murder dress. Yeah. Why else yeah. would you be moving them around? No, for sure. Yeah. All of it. I didn't want to say that because I'm not a fucking. Yeah. They were totally getting it on. Okay, We've, you've been clear. <laughs> <laughs> we all have theories, Dave. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> we heard you guys have hometown murders. I don't have a hometown murder. So what? I, so you know, last time I was on, I did my hometown murder. Yeah. So uh, there's a there's a murder that everybody who listens to the dollop has always been like, you have to do this one, and I'm like, we don't do murders. <laughs> In a couple uh, ways. Uh, what do you mean? We uh, don't murder people and we don't cover them. <laughs> oh, nice. uh, we're, we've actually started murdering people. Oh, that's his. Well, I'll bring you in on it. Thank you. You guys You'll need to have there. a team meeting. We should have a meeting. <laughs> it's been too long, turns out. We're not communicating. I've well. been killing our fans. Okay, well, we should catch up more often, I think. <laughs> you know how you keep losing one fan a week? Yeah. <laughs> Hey, Karen, you know that feeling when you're stressed out and your heart starts to pound and your mind is racing? I do. I know it well. Well, while there's no cure for stress, therapy can help shape your response to it. And since May is Mental Health Awareness Month, there's no better time to try Talkspace. When you sign up for Talkspace, you'll receive a personalized match with a therapist or psychologist, typically within 48 hours. Forbes rates Talkspace as the number one online therapy platform, plus their licensed professionals are in network with almost all major insurance companies. 
days. Once you meet your therapy goals, or if you want to cancel for any reason, Talkspace will provide you with a prorated refund for unused time. I feel like these days people understand the importance of therapy, but the difficult part is just taking that first step. It took me months to make my first therapy appointment. I was so scared. I had a lot of ideas in my head about it. And that's why I think Talkspace is such a good idea because making it so approachable will just get you there sooner. Then you can actually get in there, figure out what you need, talk to an actual professional and be on your way to solving some stuff that you might want to solve. To celebrate Mental Health Awareness Month and the power of talking it out in therapy, Talkspace is offering our listeners $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80. Go to Talkspace.com MFM and use promo code SPACE80. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com MFM and enter promo code SPACE80 and get $80 off your first month and show your support for our show. That's Talkspace.com MFM. Enter promo code SPACE80. Goodbye. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. Here's the murder. Okay, so I'm going to tell you guys. So my uncle... Oh wait, Dave, sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I am I just remembered something. (laughs) That That I used to slash your buttocks when we dated. (laughs) That's the scars. How, d- how dare you speak of our secrets this way <laughs> at the Orpheum? Yeah. Know that you guys did that we did the Tylenol murders. Yeah. Oh my God. And then we did the Bagwan Shui Rajneesh, which I didn't know that you, <gasps> you guys had just did. Oh, Yes, yeah. they did it, yeah. we did it at the same time. Don't fucking write our coattails, man. No. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. You, whoa. I feel, I mean, we put out the Tylenol like within hours of yes. each other, right? Yes. So, but you guys did it from the murder perspective, and I did. We did it from the like fun perspective. perspective. Well, yeah, I mean the commercial tie-in. It was a branded episode for oh, us. Oh, you guys got sponsored. That's a lot cool. of free Tylenol yeah. out of that one. Oh, yeah, nice. yeah, they're big players too. Lucky. They're, oh yeah, oh. we got a lot of swag. They're a very popular company. <laughs> oh, what, yeah. are, what kind yeah. of swag does Tylenol put? Oh out? my god, the list goes on and on. They give you free Tylenol. Uh-huh. <laughs> It never ends. Uh, the gel caps? Oh, yeah, oh. gel caps and the other ones, the, the white hard, ones, the chalky the hard ones. The dry ones? <laughs> the dry ones. Uh, Thank you, Karen, yeah. the dry ones. You're welcome. Shirts? Yeah. T- 
Tylenol, it says. <laughs> yeah. Question mark? Yeah, with four Y's um, and a question mark, just yeah. how they like it. Just like the expression. Tylenol. That was what they said in the 40s. Uh, uh, but we admitted a different perspective that the, that the fucking guy kept admitting to it and he didn't do it. Like the guy who they thought did it. Yeah, crazy guy, yeah. Yeah. It. yeah. Yes. It's some guy out there who's still out there. That guy's still out there. He's no, like, it's fucking. He's like uh, staring at Excedrin. It's oh. the Unabomber, dude. <laughs> like he's ready to go. That it's guy. The fucking Unabomber. You think it's a Unabomber? hundred fucking percent. Yes. It could totally be the Unabomber. It's fucking the Unabomber. I promise you. Koresh, right? Yes. Nope. Not Koresh. <laughs> it's the Unabomber. <laughs> Koresh is. Koresh 100%. is dead. <laughs> A hundred percent the Unabomber, correct? Correct. <laughs> that is why I love you. The fucking the Unabomber Ted Bundy. None of you are here for fucking facts. <laughs> don't fucking come at me. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm embarrassed. So sorry, I interrupted you anyway. Crash, Crash didn't make it. He burned up in a house with some uh, people. Yes, he's um, an angel. I believe in Kaczynski. him. Kaczynski. Kaczynski. Same That's thing. Right. And yeah. don't people also think of it? He is the uh, the uh, San Francisco uh, Zodiac. Zodiac? Did that's stupid. That? That doesn't that's stupid. Sense. Right. It's Ted Cruz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're going right. to solve it all tonight. Yeah, it's really, we're knocking <laughs> a lot down. <laughs> Sorry, Dave, tell oh. yours. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Karen knows what mine is. I should have brought it up. I should have had it on my iPad. <laughs> Ken McKilroy. No, nope, uh. that's not right. <laughs> no, it is. It's McElroy. I didn't even notice that when I was writing it. M-C-E-L-R-O-Y. McElroy, oh. right? We're all on drugs. His fucking yeah. name is killing it. Should have seen yeah. that coming. Yeah. Uh, he's born in 1934. He was the f- 15th of 16 children. So, uh, is he a rabbit? Yeah. <laughs> the fuck? Listen. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like how caviar is birthed. Run! Be free, children! All of you, now! <laughs> oh my god that is just like the baby no. comes out and he's like let's do it again yeah. do, you, do you even like know your parents if you're the 15 no, and 16 no, no. Just like, yeah. no your eldest brother's like I'm called dad so <laughs> that's a broken pussy if I've ever fucked yeah. <laughs> it's fucking, from a show it's from a yeah, show it's not yeah, me being gross total BP I BP uh, they lived in a four-bedroom house. So let's do some math. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, that's uh, not yeah. great. 32 people to a room? That's exactly right, Karen. <laughs> Your math is exactly right. Uh, he never learned to read well. Uh, he never really had a great job. He quit school in the fifth grade. I wonder why he never got a good job. I don't know. <laughs> there any facts about that? I don't know. Uh, they lived outside of Skidmore, Missouri, a town of about 450 people. Uh, has two, two paved streets. <laughs> they were all of them. <laughs> it's our town. <laughs> uh, two paved streets, no traffic lights, uh, one small mom and pop store, a gas station cafe. That's it. That's the whole deal. So uh, he started stealing animals. What? Sure. He started stealing animals. No. Sure, sure. Before he was 18 years old, he bought an old sedan <laughs> and he took the back seat out and he Ooh. put plywood down. Oh. And then he'd drive around at night and steal pigs. <laughs> oh, all right. 
I mean, <laughs> okay. Well, he had a plan. It's Missouri. <laughs> you know, it's classic Missouri. For some reason, it's like <laughs> when you picture like dogs or cats, it's like, oh god. And it's like he stole pigs, and it's like this is funny. <laughs> I like this story. <laughs> Well, he would sell them. He would take. He would steal them and sell them to someone who wanted to buy pigs. That's better than killing pigs. I mean. Oh yeah, no, he wasn't taking them out that. and killing them. He was I like, we want to like buy they them. Eventually, kill them. Though. Well, well, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, people are eating these pigs. Yeah. At the, at okay. the uh, end, right. at the end, it's, the story's not great Wait, for the they pigs. Don't just want to feed them peppermints and put that on YouTube. <laughs> Have you I'm seen not this? sure you've ever been to a farm. <laughs> Um, but that's a great farm if they ever have with that yeah. one. How are my pigs doing? Uh, they're all very sick from the peppermint, uh, actually. <laughs> Across the board. They're sad. Their they're eyes sad, are burning. I'll be honest, they're not, two are dead. They're not doing well. They should not have ingested all that. What are you feeding them? Peppermint. That's why my bacon sucks. Oh, this makes <laughs> Or is great. So he uh, married for the first time at the age of 18. She was 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, they moved briefly to Denver, uh, but he couldn't keep a job uh, there, so he and his wife moved back. Uh, he started hanging out with, quote, coon hunting buddies. I'm sorry. Raccoons. Yeah. You guys earlier were talking about raccoons. Yeah. Uh, you were making this sound cute. Uh, they are horrible monsters. No, oh, that's not fair. That come into my backyard and that's do this. Fair. That's not fair. So I don't know what raccoon They tell you're... stories about you. Yeah. Oh, this asshole. He's like, yeah. You know, they do that about you. Actually, can I tell a true story? Yeah. Sure. One it. time I heard a noise at my back door in the middle of the night. I was scared shitless, but I had to go see. This was before I got a dog. And uh, I had to go see by myself. And so it was like a weird tapping sound. And so I go over and I turn on the porch light in the back. And there was a raccoon that was, that was trying to get through the like built-in cat door. Fuck oh, that. Yes. Yeah, like, like with his yes. little raccoon nope. hands. Yes. And when I flicked on the light, he kind of like sat up and looked at me. And then we were just staring at each best other. Friend. Yeah, that's what so they do. I kicked the door, right? Like yeah. that. It's he's kind of, he's leaned over like this, you know, kind of trying to tap on the thing. And then I kicked the door thinking he's going to run away. And instead he goes. <laughs> and just kind of like stood up and paused at Did me. Did he do this? And that's your, that's her dog, Frank. No. He fucking. Okay, so I'm in my backyard. It's not worth the act out at all. I'm in my backyard. I'm going to do an act out. I'm in my backyard. Do it, do it. And I hear all this, I hear all this noise, and I'm like, well, there's raccoons getting in the, the uh, dog or cat's food, one or the other. And, uh, and so I go out there and I, I grab a bat because rac- I know raccoons are terrifying. Oh, I'm not like her where I'm like, hi, raccoon. I have a <laughs> well, bat. To be fair. And I come out and there's a raccoon and it comes out and, it, and it's like this in front of me. And I'm like, what are you doing? I tap the bat on the ground and it's like, what? <laughs> His stance got wider? Yeah, he's, yeah. Like, he's like, what are you yeah. doing? And he had a bat too. And I'm like... <laughs> And I'm like, you're supposed to be scared. And he's like, I'm not scared. <laughs> you're doing his voice or he's and, 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 and so I'm doing that. I'm like, get out of here, you fucker. And then he's standing there and he's making himself big. And then his four buddies go trucking by. Oh, shit. Like he was, he was fucking, the, he was like the distraction guy. <gasps> they were so his balls could run off. Okay. Terrifying. He's like, okay. he's like when there's the, the midnight bicycle riders and one of them stops in, in the middle of the fucking <laughs> yeah. intersection. 
bush. And they're like, fuck you. And then like a bunch of them right Get ball, get ball, get ball. Go, go, all right, go. All of you. <laughs> fucking out, you fucking dick skier motherfuckers. Um, Midnight ride. <laughs> Okay, so we, am I I right? we got this derailed quickly. So, so he, he goes out hunting with his buddies and they shoot they shoot raccoons. Aww. And I, I assume they eat them. What else would you do with them? <laughs> Make a delightful hat. raccoon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but mostly what he did at night was steal cattle, horses, and hogs. He now had a horse trailer that he used to move stolen animals. And in this, in this part of Missouri, they didn't really brand animals, so it was super easy for him to steal. He was also very skilled at harassing witnesses. Oh. He had an attorney who he would retain for $5,000 per felony who would keep him out of, uh, out of uh, jail. Uh, and this was not a problem because he had a lot of money. He was always living large. He had a big roll of cash in his for truck. What? Driving a new... Pigs? Dr- was it pig money? He's, he's, he's stealing pigs and cattle and horses and selling them to other people. No. So he had that fuck you pig money. Fuck yeah, you pig fuck money, you. yeah. yeah. Like the 450 people in his fucking town. Yeah. Were like, wait a minute. Yeah. Nobody yeah. was like, how? Wait a minute. How? Yeah. And also, someone was like, I'm gonna marry him. Like, what the fuck I know. Is wrong with He's him? got it all. A van with pigs. Swoon. Swoon. Uh. One time, a farmer caught him stealing two, horse, two horses. Tortoises. <laughs> two, tor- two tortoises. What you do with my tortoises, boy? Uh, they ran into my car. I haven't milked. I haven't milked them yet. <laughs> ran. So, well, we can move. <laughs> so the farmer reported it to the cops and said, "This guy stole my horses," uh-huh. and filed charges. Uh-huh. And uh, and uh, McElroy visited the farmer the next day with a rifle and hit him in the face with the butt of the gun. Ouch. And then the farmer dropped the charges. He was like, that's uh, fair. Yeah. I didn't. I You're... see your point. Oh, yep. Yeah. 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 Fine. I'm on your side now. Uh, when, when McElroy was 20, he had a child with a woman who was not his wife. Uh. At the same time, he was dating a 15 year old girl. Uh, okay. What the uh, fuck? What the fuck? Like, this guy, dude, this guy gets so many fucking chicks. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's, he's a very hot prospect in town. Well, he's got the pig car. Yeah, he smells like pig. I mean. <laughs> Um, him, yeah. uh, this girl was named Sharon, and they had a complicated and messy relationship. And one day they were oh, arguing, shit. and he shot her in the neck with a shotgun. Because, <laughs> oh my God, I don't know if you've ever dated a 15 year old. What's that? Uh, they sass that you. Is, it's hard. Real sass. Yeah. It's we're hard. not okaying domestic violence. This is not okay. Don't fucking marry pig stealers. Yeah. You know <laughs> Not, I'm not saying it's No, it's a super big warning sign if someone's a pig stealer. Red yeah. For sure. Okay. Yeah. Go on. Um, she did not die, but uh. she did have scars, because that'll happen. She, lived, she was okay? Yeah, she lived after getting shot in well, the neck with a Well, she was hella mad. Yeah, I mean, oh. she had a fear of guns after it. Some yeah. irrational fear. And she felt like dating someone else yeah. <laughs> after that. After that. Uh. Nope, she forgave him. Oh, good. Um, good, good, good. And he divorced his first wife and married her. Uh. Listen, if a girl can take a fucking bullet, yeah. she can take yeah. me. You know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, they had two kids. Um, oh, then around, uh, wow. Yeah. No. It's quite a turnaround. You know what? Love, love is fucking awesome. Stupid. Uh, Crazy. Yes. <laughs> uh, then around 1961, McElroy started dating a 13-year-old girl What's named Sal. What's going on? What? 
he's just... Like, it start, you've, like, slowly inched it back creepier and creepier. It started and it wasn't okay. Yeah. And then now we're... He might just be walking down the hallway at a junior high. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. He's just lazy. You. 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 Hey, you. <laughs> They'll meet you out by the jungle gym. <laughs> uh, so he's 27 uh. at this point. Uh. <laughs> yeah, 27-year-olds are fucking disgusting. We all know that. <laughs> <laughs> uh. um, also, at this point, he's living with his parents. Oh my Jesus, this guy. Dream date. Yeah. Wait a minute. You live with your parents, smell like pigs, and shoot girls? (laughs) You're still available? Oh, you're not. I'm still in. I'm still in. Yeah, so they have a farmhouse. So he moved Sally in with his parents and his wife, Sharon. So. So it's his girlfriend and his wife and his parents and, and their kids. What? Uh, um, he, liked, he liked sex. Uh, he was the 15th of 16. So Sally... <laughs> Sally Very common for that <laughs> birth order. Oh, you know how the 15th is. I'm the 15th. I do this crazy shit. I'm acting out. <laughs> so Sally had three kids and Sharon had two more. Oh, honey. Uh... McElroy then met and started seeing another underage no. girl named Alice. What? No. In 1964. Yeah, uh, seriously. She was, she was 12. Oh. No. Shut up. What? Shut up. <laughs> I wish the story would end that all the ladies fucking murdered him and moved to New York City and then like became, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, yeah. this was, Okay, <laughs> that's what I was going to say. This is the story uh, of the Rock But it doesn't. <laughs> that's how the Rock began. <laughs> <laughs> And then he met a young woman named Marsha. Oh, uh, she, uh, she was now living there. Uh, and then, so it's Marsha and Alice are living in the in his parents' house with the six kids. And then he met twelve-year-old Brady Bunch commonalities right there. <laughs> <laughs> then he met twelve-year-old uh, Trina, Jan, uh, who was an eighth grader, uh, and he's. <laughs> He seduced her. No, he didn't. Yeah. He like, gave her candy and, yeah. like, and then molested. That's not seduction, dude. Yeah. Wow. No, that's that's a very good point. That's not seduction. It's not seduction? No. no. It's uh, not like that he fucking put these sexy moves. He was just like, I'm a... T- I am a man. You're yeah. a girl. That's what seduction is. Yeah. Mm, this is my pig. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever seen a pig? <laughs> and, then, and then you're in your sedan on the on the... Wood floor. Uh, he's 37, by the way. Oh, ew! At this point, but he looks uh, great. He looks yeah, fucking awesome. His abs are crazy. Uh, so, so to have Trina moved in, he kicks out Marsha. He's like, "You're old. You're like 13." Uh, uh, so then Trina moves in, drops out of school in the ninth grade, and is pregnant by the time she's 14. But as awesome as this sounds, um, things weren't going that well because just 16 days after the birth, Alice uh, took off uh, to her parents' house. The escape lasted just hours because McElroy came to the home with a gun and forced the girls to come back with him. Oh, Al- uh, Alice, uh, her uh, other friend, who's there now? Whatever. <laughs> the other one also went with her. <laughs> Maureen? Maureen. Was it, was yeah, it let's Maureen? Let's call her Maureen. Yeah, Maureen. Maureen goes yeah. back also. Brought in for sweeps, Maureen. <laughs> um, 
So then he brings them back Twins. and he, yeah. he he beats them both. Oh, good. And right. uh, made them. You mean seduces? Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, and made them have sex with him, and then, uh, which I believe is called rape. Yes. Yes. Uh, right. Uh, and then when he was done, he brought Trina back to her parents' house uh, and shot the family dog. Uh, no, no you can't do yeah. that here. Yeah. And then, uh, and then poured gas all around the house and burned it down. Jesus. So he is en fuego. Like, he's just fucking... As far as being horrible, he's killing it. Yeah, he's doing very well. Oh, man. Um, God, like, just fucking chill out, dude. Yeah. Right? (laughs) Just chill out. It's not a solution, George. No, it is. It won't work. I'm not sure. If someone had walked in and gone, dude, chill. (laughs) We don't know what would have happened. We don't. (laughs) We know. (laughs) A couple of days later, Trina went to a doctor because, you know, she had been beaten. And he was like, you look like you've been beaten. And uh, You're and- very good. <laughs> Is this doctor from the city? Yeah. He really knows his stuff. Boy, your degrees are real, huh? <laughs> you put the nail on the head, doc. <laughs> Um, he slowly got the story of the beating out of her and the dog shooting and the arson. And uh, the doctor. He must have just been like at the end, like, all right, every detail, give me all, get them all out now. <laughs> and at six hours later, really? <laughs> so uh, the doctor contacts uh, the social welfare agency who put Trina and her baby into foster care because she was a child. <laughs> And, uh, and then the case was taken to the district attorney. And on the basis of Trina's testimony, McElroy is indicted for arson, assault, and rape. Uh, but it was not looking good. He was represented by defense attorney Richard Gene uh, McFadden, who said McElroy was his favorite client because he always paid cash and he always came back. Oh, no. <laughs> Wow. Get your shit another. What the fuck is wrong with you, dude? Like, just <laughs> That's the worst. Yeah. Hey, you're back. Who'd hey, you kill? All right. What'd you shoot a pig or a person? What'd you do? A uh, person doghouse. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Trifecta. All right. I'm going to buy a houseboat. <laughs> yeah. Time for me to live on a boat. <laughs> um... But even uh, with his 5000 per felony uh, charge, uh, the attorney told him it would be difficult for him to be acquitted. But McElroy would not give up. He found the foster home where Trina was living and began making threatening phone calls. He would sit out in front of the foster home for hours and hours, sometimes shooting a gun into the air. What? He... Then called the foster this guy's family. He's a fucking nerd. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a cartoon. Yeah. Like, he sounds like a cartoon. What oh. about this isn't working? <laughs> Did I not tell you this was Yosemite Sam? Oh. <laughs> Yosemite Sam origin story. <laughs> then he called the foster family and said he would trade, quote, girl for girl to get his child back. By this he meant. He knew where the foster family's biological daughter went to school and what bus she rode. So that didn't go well. And the district attorney then hit him with eight more felony child molestation charges as a result of his sexual activity with Trina. The attorney kept using delay tactics. And after a while, Trina decided to go back um, to McElroy. I can't go through this again with you, Dave. You can't, you, no, it, he then arranged... Uh, to divorce his second wife, Sharon, 
from whom he'd been separated for years and married Trina. To get Trina's parents to agree, he threatened to kill the mother, and the mother was like, okay, you can marry my daughter. We like him. (laughs) That's sweet. It's romantic. I'm like, oh my God. So this solved all his legal problems because being his wife, Trina could not be compelled to testify against him. Oh, shit. She also signed a statement (laughs) saying she had lied about everything, and McElroy beat the charges. And her, his yeah, wife. And yeah. her. In, in, in 1976, he shot an armor, uh, a neighbor farmer in the face and stomach. What? The gun was loaded with birdshot. Uh, the lawyer also delayed it as long as possible while McElroy intimidated the farmer driving by his house, shining a spotlight into his windows at night, <laughs> destroying his tractors, and shooting guns into the air. The farmer said McElroy parked outside his home at least a hundred times and would just sit there. At the trial, two of his raccoon hunting buddies said they were with him the day of the shooting, and McElroy got off again. The pattern of committing crimes, uh, then intimidating uh, witnesses, went on for four years. Then, in 1980, two of his daughters went into a town store. So he's got two daughters. So Uh-oh. one's like a teenager, and the other's uh, five. And he marries one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Both of them. Oh. It just can't get worse. <laughs> so the older girl buys something, and then the, as they walk out, the five-year-old girl grabs a couple little pieces of candy. Sure. Uh, I did that. And yeah. the, <laughs> I did. And the clerk was like, hey, put that shit back. And then the girl was like, eh, and threw it back and was mad, which is cool for a five-year-old. <laughs> uh, and then a couple hours later, McElroy and Trina showed up, and McElroy was just kicking it with a knife. And uh, Trina and the owner argued about how she had treated, uh, he had treated the daughter. Uh, and then the couple said, well, you're banned from our store. You can never come back. Uh, so McElroy started harassing the owners. And then after a couple months, he pulled up in the back of the store and shot the husband owner uh, in the neck with a shotgun. Really? And he lived. What Everybody is he, in this neck is he shooting? There's, these, this whole city is filled with people with the most powerful yeah. necks. Yes. Yeah. Titanium necks. Yes. What is it? The water or like that they... Their necks are bulletproof. It's so strange. But like <laughs> cool. <laughs> now McElroy was arrested again, and then he started harassing the store owners. And he yeah. calmed the fuck down, <laughs> Look, man. He needs to stop harassing and shooting in the neck. Yeah. And the air. Enough. And marrying children. There's a lot of things for him to knock off. Dude's got a dude's got a thing. Like he's got it's his thing. We hate his thing. Well <laughs> we're being very clear. I mean, take it up with Pepsi, because they were sponsoring him. <laughs> For doing all this? Yeah. Oh. He, he, had a, he had like four sponsors. Was this like, a, what's the extreme sports thing when you can skateboard? He's like X Games? X yeah. Games. Hey, X, like, X he did Games. it all on a little bike. OG X Games. <laughs> uh, so uh, he starts harassing the store owners, and then when he heard that the town minister had gone to visit the store owner in the hospital because of his neck wound, he's turned his wrath on the minister and told the minister he was going to castrate him and cut his son to pieces in front of him. Chill. So the minister started carrying a gun. This is a good good town. Get it. 
I like that just because the minister went and visited him, he's like, well, I'm going to cut your kid up yeah, if you're... Yeah. Oh. He's like, it's my job. I go and I see people that are hurt. God bless me. I'm cutting your balls off. <laughs> I'm not laughing at that. So his lawyer's whole thing was delay tactics. So he starts the delay tactics again. He keeps delaying the trial. Meanwhile, McElroy would sit in the local bar and talk loudly about he was gonna, how he was going to kill the Ugh. store owner. Uh, but it didn't work. The bar was empty and it was like three people and he was talking <laughs> loudly in it. Like, I can oh, hear you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to kill him. Fuck up, dude. Sick of that guy, right? Someone should shoot him in the neck. <laughs> okay, I will. <laughs> so, it didn't work. There was a trial and McElroy was convicted of second degree assault and sentenced to two years in prison. But... But... Yeah. It being Missouri... He was allowed to stay free while he appealed. Aww. Okay. That's nice. Four days later, he was back in the local bar. Hey, how'd your conviction go? Oh, it was all right. <laughs> guilty. And, guilty. Totally fucking guilty. Yeah. Here I am drinking a beer. Yeah. Uh, and then Trina came in and handed him a large gun. Uh. He said he was going to kill the store owner. But having a, a gun was a violation of his parole, so he was charged. On the day of his hearing for his parole violation, the entire town decided they had had enough. <laughs> yeah, I like the sound yeah. of this. After 20 years of him fucking all their daughters. <laughs> all right, there, that's it. This Very is familiar. The thing. You know what? When you when yes. you broke your probation, uh-uh, bro. <laughs> Did the whole town show up in the little whole... pink hats and fucking march? Yeah. <laughs> Was it one of those kind of things? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Echoes. Yeah. But when they got to the courthouse, they found out the lawyer had gotten it postponed for ten days. Now they were pissed. And they finally decided they needed to do something. And they all went to the American Legion. I love that in this little town, they do have an yeah, American Legion. You have to. a great bar there, I yeah, bet. That and the Sam's Club. <laughs> <laughs> so they have a town meeting, and they call the sheriff and ask the sheriff to come by. The sheriff comes by, and they tell him what's going on, and the sheriff told them that they should just start a neighborhood watch group. Mm-hmm. That's good. <laughs> So that he's not kind of he's not very helpful. <laughs> Meet and Agent McGruff. He's gonna help you with this case. <laughs> Find him very useful. Uh-huh. So so there's a guy who's been uh, fucking your daughters and shooting you in the neck. You need like a watch group. <laughs> Have you guys made any kind of a phone tree or anything? <laughs> called each other? You guys regularly? What's your deal? <laughs> uh, he told them not to confront McElroy. And then the sheriff just left. Ah, goodbye. They were, they, but like they all had titanium necks. Yeah, so at this point they Confront all have. Confront that motherfucker. Metal neck guards. Uh, right then, <laughs> Trina and McElroy show up and went to the bar for a drink. When the townspeople heard this, they all decided to go have a beer. Oh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Trina was said to be very intimidated by all of the townspeople standing around. <laughs> While McElroy coolly finished his beer, went up and bought a six-pack, and then went outside. Outside, there were three or four guys, uh, and they got their rifles out of their trucks. Yeah. And then the entire 
crowd came out of the bar and followed him to his truck. And it was said there were at the very least 35 people, but probably more like 60, all standing there. And Trina and McElroy then got inside the truck, and he coolly lit a cigarette. Oh, fuck. And then Trina looked across the street and saw a man aiming a rifle, and she yelled, they've got a gun. And then they shot at him from more than one direction. McElroy was hit once in the head and once in the neck. And the shot... Uh (laughs) The head wound. It was the head wound. You gotta shoot in the neck in this town. You got to. Legally. Welcome to Neckville, motherfucker. Many other shots at the truck. All the shots came from different guns. And McElroy died instantly. From the gunshots. No. Yeah. From sadness. Oh, depression. Um, about <laughs> suicide. <laughs> about suicide. It looks like he did it to himself. Uh, about 40, carbon monoxide got in. About forty-five minutes later, they called an ambulance. <laughs> wow. I'm yeah. sorry about it. That's yeah. sarcastic, actually. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, no one saw the shooter. Oh, uh, that, yeah. Uh, well, no one in a the lot crowd, was going except on. Trina, who identified him. She was in the truck, you know, and she saw him, but the DA declined to press charges because everyone was like, I didn't. he was there, yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was the guy hitting him with the iron pan on the head. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the FBI came in to investigate, but they also could not press any charges because everyone in the town was like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, he left behind ten children, ten Jeez. wonderful children, yes. and uh, and a few, a few uh, wives. Oh. Uh, after his death, cattle and hog wrestling in the county dropped significantly. Aww. In nineteen in nineteen eighty four, Trina filed a six million dollar uh, lawsuit against the town and the sheriff and the uh, uh, the mayor and the guy who had shot him. Uh, across the street. Uh, the case was settled out of court for $17,000. Oh. That's good what we're making tonight. So she bought a Yaris? Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty owns. cool. Owns, though. Fully owns. <laughs> fully owns a Yaris. Oh, right. So uh, oh, that's my favorite uh, murder. That's pretty good. But God. Yeah. He was a fucking monster, and they killed him. That was 1981, and they killed him, and everyone was like, hmm. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, what are you going to do? We'll get there again. Uh, <laughs> we're on our uh, way. Let's kill an Gareth. Orangut- Gareth? Okay, yeah. great. I'll go. <laughs> nice, Dave. Nice, Dave. That was good. Thank you. Yeah. Dave. yeah. Uh, I can't, so I, you know what? I can't. Okay. The last time I came on, I, I wrote a story about a guy from my hometown who killed women, and I can't do those stories because I, I feel weird as a guy reading Well, you're sexist. <laughs> well, to that point, I'll get into mine. <laughs> This is I'm, about men, men killing women, right? right? It's the same story as yours. What oh, are the odds? Just, I just, a different interpretation. Yeah, totally different take. <laughs> I do it from the pig angle. <laughs> so this will be fun. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. 
Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens. And don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the Detective Club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out. You never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant? Like perfectly scrambled eggs. Oh my God. Yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient made in cookware. Made in was created to bring restaurant quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in made in. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of made-in products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. Uh, I'm from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So ripe for uh, murders. We have Ed Gein, Skin Ottomans, Dahmer, (laughs) obvious choice. Skin Ottomans? Yeah. Did he make actual Ottomans? Well, I don't know. I haven't seen the whole collection. He made a nipple belt. (laughs) Yeah, he made a nipple belt. CB2? I might have taken some creative liberties. (laughs) Um, As we all know, Stephen Avery. So this is is another story. This is about the Northside Strangler, who uh, is actually, uh, this is some more good detective work. Uh, So in October 10th and 11th, 1986, two sex workers, uh, Deborah Harris, Tanya Miller, were both strangled one day apart. Both bodies found in vacant apartments. Since they were both strangled, sex workers found in empty apartments, day apart, cops thought there might be a link. So it shows you they're pretty good there. surprising. They're they're not stupid. Uh, However, this was before they were collecting DNA, or DNA was shaky, so the murders went unsolved. So then June 20th, 1987, Joyce Ann Mims was found strangled in a vacant apartment by some construction workers in Milwaukee's north side. She was also believed to be a sex worker, had no criminal record, but uh, George Mule Jones... Mule Jones? George Mule Jones... Do you mean George the Mule? George yeah. the Mule Jones. Okay. Now, is this a nickname? Does he have a big hog? Is he... Well... Is this a family name? I have a theory, but we'll get there. Okay. Uh, you probably know. You know him? No. Okay. <laughs> yes, we went to high school together. Yeah. <laughs> He's at the improv a lot. George Mule Jones? <laughs> he is so funny. He's yeah. great. Rides it on a horse? He's, He's one dynamite. of my favorite stand-ups. 
so they, they charged George Mule Jones uh, with the murder because he was friends with Mims from Cleveland and they were still friends with Mims and uh, his girlfriend who was simply known as Sugar Baby. Oh. Why not Mims? That's the coolest fucking yeah, yeah. Mims I've ever good. heard. Yeah. Well, it's, well, they're different. Mims was killed. No. no. Okay, no, they oh, are the okay. same, and she should have been called Sugar Baby. Yeah. I couldn't agree more, <laughs> Georgia. I, uh, <laughs> so, uh, Jones had a criminal record because he was actually convicted of murder in Mississippi. That he, doesn't mean anything. He, oh, you aren't lying. He stabbed a woman and was sentenced to five years. Oh. With, you know what? That's a, a year long of stab, time I think. Yeah. for your first <laughs> Yeah, a year of stab, I think, is what like they do Like, your first there. murder should be, like, three. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And if you do it again, well, then, all right. No, you're seriously going to piss Georgia off, and then it's going <laughs> to no, get I'm fucking not, ugly I'm not up here. Piss. I'm going to cry, and I'm going to flip this fucking table. <laughs> no, but it'll be fine. I mean, it's fine. Well, let me get my beers and my iPad. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, uh, the woman that he killed was, uh, there was named Shamika Carter. Uh, she was killed because she made fun of George Mule Jones' inability to perform sexually. Uh, How, that, which, it, that happens a lot with murderers, right? Isn't that one of their things? That they like can't they can't get it up yeah. and then they kill. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Yeah. Well, that's. I, I don't do. A, if I can't get it up, I just uh, I just walk away. <laughs> yeah. Thank like, you. Yeah. Could you tell your like, friends? Shamefully, yeah. I'm yeah. like, I'm gonna watch Law and Order. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As long as murder's involved in some way. Yeah. I'm gonna watch a murder be committed instead of committing my own. And then I'll be back. <laughs> and then I'll be back with ideas. <laughs> I might cut your buttocks <laughs> and a new soundtrack. <laughs> Uh, okay, so yeah, so he went down for that killing. So then police thought, but the poli- but there's still killings going on. Oh, and they uh, in his Wait. apartment they found a black ski mask and nine women's shoes in his. I place. have that too in my house, though. Wait, yeah. to be fair, uh, nine <laughs> women's shoe and a ski mask. Yeah. yeah, that's actually all I have in my house. <laughs> yeah, nine is a weird number. Too. It is weird. for shoes. Well, there, yeah. there's a unless there was a lady with uh, just one leg. <laughs> Pairs, Not in my pairs notes. Of shoes. Yeah. Um, so so he so he goes down for these murders. He goes down for this murder in particular. Just one. They, yes, this one. Right? But, but there's he, been three murders so far. This is the third murder. Okay. Yes. There's more to come. Oh. Yeah. We see your papers in your hand. Yeah, okay. See. I'm moving fast. In my story, the bad guy dies. Okay, Dave. We we were there. <laughs> So the idea of a serial killer was floated out by Bill Vogel, who was the homicide uh, unit in Wisconsin, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. He told the police, his chief, that he thought both women that were killed the year before were done by the same man. He entered with a business-like attitude, to, quote, to discuss the matter, and I used the word serial, and I got reamed out, said Vogel. Get out of here, Vogel, you <laughs> oh son God. of a bitch! I don't want to hear the word serial again! I, hate I don't that care podcast. if you're talking about Cheerios! <laughs> Season two sucks. No? <laughs> I love that podcast. Oh, Steven, Steven, cut, that, no, cut, cut it, out. cut it, Steven. cut, cut that out, cut that. It never Steven. happened. And bolt the doors. You will all unfor- you will all unremember. No one is forgetting. Can we get the uh, steam? Whatever the fuck. Gas. Yeah, are you talking about flashpots? Gas. gas, steam. Okay, oh, oh, we're gonna we go. we're gonna knock these people out. You're damn right we are. <laughs> like the Joker Sorry. and Batman. Uh, so yeah, so the, his chief was like, "Hey man, we don't want people freaking out with the word serial." Let's just 
shut up about that. And so okay, they did. That's, that's the best way to handle a possible Smart. serial killer. That's Smart. Right. Just, uh, let's act like it's not happening. Strangulations kept happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 1992, Irene Smith, 25, was found dead. Uh, in uh, 1930, uh, 1932, Ooh. we're going back. He was a time jumper. <laughs> I should point that out. Time had no meaning in this one. The year was 1804 he went to. Started a new life of murder, and he did. He then killed a dinosaur. <laughs> oh, he sure did. <laughs> so, ba- you know, basically, more people are dying. More, more uh, how many, sex workers. How many more? Are there we're, we're right now at about five. Uh, Karen D. Kilpatrick, 32, was killed in 1994. Irene Smith, 25, was also 1994. Um, both women were strangled. Uh, both were sex workers. Police still had no way of connecting these crimes. But there was a homicide detective named Steve Spagnola. Spignola. Uh, who was set on finding the person. And in uh, 1995, April 24th, Florence McCormick's body was found in a shitty basement on Locust Street. It sounds like he's killing ladies whose names start with Mick. Mm, I don't think that tracks in my stuff. You just fucking solved this case. I'm putting shit together. The Scottish killer. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, he's Scottish too? I don't know. Okay. I'm, I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking throwing out theories. Let's put shit on the board. Sure. Is there a board? I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, McCormick's body was found. She was tied up on a sink. Her hair was neat. Fingernails suggested no struggle. Her socks were clean, which I'm not sure what that means, but that was pointed out. Uh, how did they, that her how, socks were well, clean. Well, like she how, wasn't walking around outside or something? I guess. Yeah, they make is, it sound like that is like how they know she was murdered, but... Vogel's over there. Vogel's over there in the corner just smelling her socks. <laughs> These are, never, these are good. Oh, I have never oh. worn clean socks in my life. That's what I was thinking. What if mean? someone buys me the clean socks, something's fucking wrong. But like that means you that I mean? when we die, people will be like, it's a murder. Their socks <laughs> no. are filthy. No. Which is just going to be that I was wearing yeah, what, socks. What does a filthy sock mean? I don't know. I... Look, that's for you guys. That's for you guys. <laughs> I'm merely a shepherd oh, of this. Oh, by the way, we didn't t- there's some take-home stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's under work. your seats. All right. um, okay, so Spignola uh, didn't think that they, uh, there was, it, it was no sexual activity. There was no semen on the body. There was no semen around the body, which he thought uh, was possible because sometimes uh, the killer uh, may masturbate near the body, uh, which happens because guys are just normal uh, things. And uh, that's a normal thing to do. Uh, her body her body was posed it was bound uh, but they thought there was some level of comfortability between the two because it seemed like there was little struggle for this so they thought that like he was like hey you know let me bind you and we'll kill you no I don't think he threw that part out there Uh, maybe a tell uh, 1995, two months after the murder of McCormick, Sheila Ferrier was discovered six blocks away in Titonia, God. also a sex worker, also in an empty apartment, this time strangled by her own brazier, posed, what? crack pipes, crack cleaner, uh, pipe cleaners, just a lot of crack, a good scene. So it's a crack house. It's an empty apartment where crack was smoked. But pipe cleaners, like for crafts? For crack. For crack. Not for crack. crack. Not, no one's doing crafts. Uh, people are doing crack, which can lead to crafts, but I don't believe that that was the direct implication, no. Okay. Yeah. So at this point, there's there like... There were vision boards everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we could do this. At this point, there's like seven dead women all found in abandoned apartments, and they're like strangled, and they're like, I don't see a connection. Cops are like, man, something's going on, huh? You hungry? <laughs> Get lunch. You know what? I would say this was the same killer, but uh, the socks are different. Yeah. <laughs> Look at these socks are filthy. 
Uh, then uh, they actually finally got a DNA sample. They didn't really know for who, but on August 30th, 1995, there was the body of a 16-year-old runaway named Jessica Payne mm. who was found with her, uh, her throat slit. Um, how was she found? It's a really cool story. Um, a real meet cute. What happened was on August 30th, the two young boys went to an abandoned mattress that they normally used as a makeshift trampoline. Normal. However, a normal just kid that's stuff. Just, that's just boys jumping. Go find a you mattress. You gotta play with garbage. Yeah, go <laughs> as a kid. Yeah, go jump out a little refuse, yeah. you scamps. <laughs> Uh, but this day they weren't getting a bunch of bounce like normal. And no. the reason was because Jessica Payne's body was no, underneath no, it. No, no, oh. no, 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 As I said, this time there was uh, appearance of sexual activity. They Those had, boys are fine now. The boys yeah. are fine. Yeah. yeah. They like, got to sleep in mattresses. I will sleep on the floor tonight. <laughs> you going to uh-huh. sleep standing up again, Kyle? Yeah, I think so. I think I, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. I'll sleep better yeah. standing up, Dad. I can only sleep if you lay under the mattress. Yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so they there was there was semen present. They had some DNA. They still couldn't connect it to anybody, but they they thought that this might be related. A guy named Richard Gwynn uh, was in jail. Uh, he started implicating himself in two others. This guy Sam Hadaway, shot Oat, sure. Um, they told uh, Gwynn told police he was driving. He was in the car with Hadaway, Ott, and Jessica Payne. He parked in front of an abandoned residence where they remained in his vehicle, conversing, listening to the radio, drinking alcohol, and smoking marijuana. Just fun car games. <laughs> and Gwynn said at some point, Hadaway, Ott, and Payne exited the vehicle, walked to an alley, um, and then Hadaway returned to the car, followed by Ott five minutes later. When Gwynn asked about Payne's whereabouts, Hadaway said that they had to rob Payne, but her ho- pockets were empty, so Ott just cut her throat. That happens. <laughs> That's a good thing. Hadaway if- confirmed Gwynn's story. Providing further detail about the murder and that Ott cut Payne's throat, ha- uh, Hadaway described a situation. And when he searched for her pockets, he found nothing. So he pushed her down on the mattress, pulled down her pants, no, pulled no, up no, her no, shirt, no, no. and tried to force no. his, her way in. But Hadaway said he didn't actually see that because he turned away. But when he turned back around, he heard choking and gagging to see that Payne's throat was cut and that blood was gushing out. Yes. Um, David? What the, I don't know. Oh, okay, you're just reacting like a human. Just I get it. Fucking as you should. Just People bumming, you know. That's what we do. Just, just bumming. bumming out. I, again, my my guy died, but. Um. <laughs> So, 1995, the police found a search warrant for Ott's home. They found two box cutters and a knife among his possession. That was really all the evidence that they had, but Ott was sentenced to life in prison with parole available in 50 years. Uh, the main evidence in the trial was the two box cutters. Uh, the police... But that, but that sounds nothing like the other uh, ones. Weird, right? <laughs> scared. Um... So, DNA evidence started being used in 1990. Wisconsin fully came around uh, to 2015 to really collecting DNA from every I'm violent sorry, criminal. What? 1990s, where most places started collecting a so, database of violent criminals. Wisconsin uh-huh. finished it in, in uh, 2015. So, just just a mere 25 years. Yes, just a mere difference. Um, is that an issue for you? Yeah, I, I, it's for a lot uh, of us. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. interesting. 
So, now the police felt that they had DNA that they had found at that scene. So the, they, they now had DNA from a, a number of women. They had DNA from the woman in, 1990, in 1986, two in 95, one in 97, and the latest, there were no more murders until April 27, 2007. Okay. Um, when Quithrine Stokes, 28, was found strangled by city inspectors uh, after they were going to inspect a vacant boarded up residence. They found DNA at this scene, and now police had the DNA from the two women in 86, 97, all that, 2007, and it all matched to one person. But the police couldn't figure out who it was. Since the DNA matched nothing in their databases, they knew they were dealing with someone that had never been convicted of a violent crime before, which is curious. So, two detectives of the Milwaukee Department Homicide Unit re-examined the DNA linked to the suspect, and they believe they found him. So on September 7th, 2009, Walter E. Ellis of Milwaukee was arrested at noon at a hotel by a swarm of police officers. Ellis was booked on a temporary felony warrant, was being questioned by the police. They took a DNA sample from his place off his toothbrush, and they had a match. He was matched, uh, he was even matched for the two murders that men were already serving sentences for. Oops. Ooh. So. Awkward. Here's what's crazy awkward. <laughs> Not good. They should have had his DNA because it wasn't from a lack of opportunities. He was convicted of a shitload of crimes. 1978, felony burglary. 79, drug charges. 80, robbery. 81, controlled substance. 81, again, possession with intent to distribute. 85, soliciting and beating up two sex workers. 87, retail theft. 92, release for good behavior. 92, back in for violating that good behavior. 94, stabbing his girlfriend with a screwdriver. Been there. Not the drink. <laughs> 95, battery for choking his girlfriend. 97, resisting arrest. 98, reckless injury. So he had a track oh, record. But hold on, when would they have gotten any DNA? Well, because they collected, they still collected DNA. They just didn't collect it from every violent criminal. Are you having fun with me? Yep. You bastard. <laughs> I am. So, uh, the DNA was never asked for. But in 2001, police Jeez. discovered that they actually had gotten his DNA. Why? Or at least they had at one point. There was an issue. His DNA matched nothing in their system, and they know that one of two things happened. A, Ellis convinced his cellmate to submit the DNA for him. Come on. Or B, it was lost in transfer to the Oshkosh Police Department who said they never received it. Guess Wait a which second. One is, is Oshkosh where Stephen Avery... Yep. Oh. Is that also where they make the overalls? Yes. It's famous for two things now. Which is cool. Okay. What, same. I, I'm not sure which is a same, bigger. That crime. same police department. Same police department. Same, this is okay. the same fucking police department. Well, it's the same. It's like yeah. the same region. Very. Shut the fuck yeah, up. Yeah, they share a Walmart. It's real. Um, <laughs> fuck. So had they done this in the '90s, like you most mean, places, they, they would have stopped. Work? Yeah, they would have stopped five to seven murders. Uh, they would have stopped one if they'd done it in 2001 when it was totally expected of them. So in 2008, an appeals court overturned Ott's conviction, the guy who they said cut the mattress uh, murderer. Uh, they had a new trial with new DNA evidence. 2009, they announced they would not seek a new trial. Ott was freed. He served 13 years in prison for a murder he didn't commit. George Mule Jones died in prison April 30th, 2012, but it is not too sad because he was also a, a previous murderer. He just didn't do the one we talked about. <laughs> Ellis was oh found... <laughs> okay, good, good, good. Am I doing good? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ellis was found guilty of seven murders in total, but he was thought to have been guilty of nine. He was sentenced to seven life sentences in 2011, and here's the fucker. He's he died. out! That's he died in 2013. 
So he served two years. These murders oh. went from 1986 to 2007, and he was in for less than two How years. How old was he? He was like in his 50s. Tell, like, me, tell me he died painfully, like he got shamed. Hospital. He was in a hospital. I want to point out that, though, even if they had had his DNA and put it through, they would have... Putting it through CODIS and actually checking that DNA, as we know that, like from the rape kits that are not uh, right. tested, that right. doesn't mean he would have been caught. It's not yeah. like, oh, they should have, if they had tested it and had his DNA, everything would have been fine. Like, that's not the fucking case. So it's yeah. not like, oh, but man, they missed it. It's but not. they could have, you know, started testing. Well, yeah, who knows in that what could have crazy 25 yes. well, year window. He was also a, known as a no fucking period. lunatic. Like, they, like, everyone's he, like, this guy, how about yeah, this guy? Everyone's like, he's crazy. He lives, like, yeah. he lives right around everyone. But let's not all assume that the, that these systems that they have in place to catch people are like the end all be all. Like it takes a lot right. more than yeah. that, and so like it doesn't mean that wouldn't like these seven women wouldn't have been killed. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. Sorry to be a bummer, uh, but it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Between 1986 and 2007, 42 prostitutes were killed in Milwaukee. Only 31 percent of those cases have been solved, and they're great there. Uh, <laughs> shit. We're yeah. going, again, and we'll again. be there in April. Yeah. See you yeah. guys there. Again, mine wrapped up super nice. <laughs> I mean, well, first of all, it's always hard to go last. Yeah. It's yes. always hard to go last. Yeah. But then also, that was fucking rough. Yeah, yeah. dude. No, yes, great job. Yes, thank you. Great That's the job. Right strangler. That's fucked up. How do you feel about it? Uh, terrible. I really am like so shocked at how little they give a fuck. When you really find out how, it's, it's like politics, but when you find out that they're really just worried about what people think over actually yeah. doing good, you're like, we're just fucked. Well, that's something we run across in the dollop all the time. Have is we? How much the FBI fucks up. Can I, can I, end, with a, can I end with something? Just Always. a personal story? Please. So uh, my uh, uncle... Uh, I lived in California. I grew up in Marin County. Uh, a little bit, little bit better. A little bit better than Petaluma. But uh, I don't know if that. But my uncle was a huge drug dealer. <laughs> That's way better than Petaluma. Yeah. And it's and at one point uh, he he got he the the law was like getting down on him. So he he decided to move to Florida to get out of California because it was the local cops. And uh, and I went and we went to this big uh, going away party and we opened up a suitcase that was full of just fucking cash and I, I was like twelve and I was like that's cool and uh, and then he left and uh, and then all of his friends the people that I had met at parties at his house about ten of them showed up in trunks <gasps> all around Marin County dead body trunks. One after the other. Like chilling and like. John's dead in a trunk. Marty's oh. dead in a trunk. Larry's dead in a trunk. Yeah, Larry all died. of his friends got killed. And you're saying yeah, that's the Larry. FBI? Yes! That's insane! No, it wasn't the gang drug dealer members that they were hanging out with. It couldn't have been them. Or natural causes and severe <laughs> burial. Good Listen. lord, there's theories, sir. If you're going to take a nap in a trunk, it's yeah, on you. That's dude. right, it's suicide by suffocation. Yeah. yeah. I, I forgot to mention that they all that they they lived in trunks. Uh, well, uh, that's a huge that's detail. Uh, you yeah, guys, yeah. will you please help us thank Dave Anthony and Gareth Reynolds. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank we appreciate it thank so you much. Thank you so all for much. coming here. This has been an amazing night. Hey, you guys, stay sexy. And don't get murdered! Don't get mad!